Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. And I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you for spending your time with us. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Now that the draft is over, we know that Alexi Lafreniere is off to New York, but how will he help the Rangers in their quest to win the Stanley Cup? Well, now is your chance to watch the French Canadian help you win some cash while you watch next season. With the New York Rangers at plus 2,800 odds, head on over to Bet Online to take your pick at who's going to win next year's Stanley Cup. Whether it's the Rangers' first cup since 1994, the Tampa Bay Lightning going back-to-back, or the Detroit Red Wings shocking us all, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? Well, Jess, it's finally happened. The big day is behind us. The 2020 draft has come to a conclusion. Feel like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders? No, actually, uh, I have to admit, you know, everybody but guys like me look forward to the draft. The draft is, to me, one of the most boring events of the year for a guy who scouts. All your hard work pretty much gets thrown away because you never know what's going to happen. This draft this year... I understand it was harder because the pandemic, but congratulations, NHL. You showed the world how boring a draft can be. A lot of twists, a lot of turns in the selections, but the overall draft, Jess, would you say it was a down year? No. Well, it's a down year if you're an American. USA Hockey took a hit. Uh, They had so few prospects go in the first round. I think if you want to look at it from a nation's point of view, I think Russia has a lot to be happy about. They had a lot of guys go in the first round, especially guys that nobody knew about. From a talent standpoint, if I'm Russia, I'm happy. If I'm Germany, I'm ecstatic. Even little Austria. Come on, Austria had a guy in the first round. Congratulations to them. It's always great to see a little program produce. So let's go more in-depth to that, Jess. We have a lot to talk about this episode. So let's start with the good stuff. Let's ask the big question on everyone's mind. Who do you think won this draft? I think some teams did good. You know, the Rangers couldn't hurt themselves. I mean, they had the number one pick. I, for one, like that they gave up the third-round pick to move up to get Braden Schneider. And then I like the fact that they get back up and get William Cully, who I was surprised was there at the second round. New Jersey helped themselves. They got Dawson Mercer, Alexander Holtz, but Shakir, this is an example of not being able to have the combine this year. We would have known who this guy was if there had been a combine because he would have probably been one of the 200 that they would have invited to the combine. And then Philadelphia did pretty decently. Anaheim too. The teams that lost would have to definitely be Arizona Arizona didn't pick to 111. They're going through a transition in their general manager. So I would say Arizona's the biggest loser. 
Anaheim is definitely one of my winners of this draft. I also think Detroit and Ottawa had a great draft. My winner, if I had to pick one team that I think blew away my expectations, I hate to see the Carolina Hurricanes do things well, but I think they hit it out of the park with this draft. Seth Jarvis is a great first pick. I think Noel Gundler is an absolute steal at 41. Zion Nybeck is another guy with potential to be a great winger. I like both Russian Alexanders. They took Nikishin and Passion. And I think Lucas McCurry is a great long-term investment when he goes to UMass Amherst next year. As much as I dislike when the Hurricanes do well, I think they did a really great job. If I had to pick a loser, I think Arizona's an easy pick. Like you said, they didn't pick until the middle of the fourth round. A couple good guys, but nothing spectacular. But actually, I'm a huge Steve Dangle fan. I bought his book. I listened to his podcast. The Maple Leafs, the way he talks about the way that they drafted, I really don't think that they did as good as everyone thinks. Now, Kyle Dubas said himself his goal for the Leafs is to get them stronger and harder to play against. Now, let's be clear. This draft is not going to immediately help anyone in any situation, unless you're Lafreniere. He's the only guy who's guaranteed to play day one. He might even be the only guy to play all season. I can't promise you that yet, but it's unlikely. Back to the Leafs. I think Braden Schneider at 15 would have been a fantastic pick for them. I think Rodion Amirov is going to be a great player, but I think Braden Schneider made a lot of sense for them. And then you look at the other guys they took, a lot of guys under six feet. Guys don't weigh that much. Obviously, they'll get bigger, but still. And then they used a goalie, and I believe it's Artur Akitamov. I hope I pronounced his name right. But guys like Jan Bednar and Jesper Bickman were there. Maybe there's a method to Kyle Dubas' madness, but if that's what he was trying to do with this draft, to get stronger and tougher to play against, I don't really think he did it. Oh, he definitely didn't do that. I got to agree with you on that one. I think I want to include Nashville in this. Askarov, the goalie who they took, he's as close to an NHL-ready goalie as you're going to find. He's definitely going to be one of the top goalies in the NHL if he stays healthy, and he's going to Nashville. And Come on, Nashville and goaltenders. The list of goalies that play in Nashville – from one town to another, Nashville does a great job developing their goaltenders. And I think Askarov's going to be a great fit there. I think Minnesota picked a guy. He's a guy that was hurt because they didn't have a combine. And that's little Marco Rossi. And I hate you saying little, but I think a lot of the picks that were made here because there was no combine, guys like Rossi, they got hurt by not being interviewed like they were at the combine. And they, they probably, they go, oh, look, he's 5'9". We can't draft him. Well, Rossi deserved to be a top five pick. He wasn't. I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder when he shows up. He's a talented kid. He's, he's a hardworking kid. And uh, there's no fear in him. He plays as if he was 6'5". I was super surprised when Nashville took Askarov. And I know that sounds silly because a lot of people had Askarov going to Nashville in their rankings. But I said, no way. You say Saros is the guy. And then you step back and think about it for a second. Look at all the great teams with two goalie setups. Got Bishop and Kudobin. Got Saros and Rene. You got Markstrom and Demko. Holtby and Samsonov. A lot of great teams that compete have two goalies that they can go back and forth with. So a great pick by Nashville. And you said it too, Jess. Minnesota got a lot of great picks early. Rossi's a phenomenal player. Kusnadinov, O'Rourke, Damon Hunt. Two great teams that hit it out of the park this draft. Well, I'd like to go back to what you said about the two goalies. That is a trend now. Repeated condensed schedule. If you don't have two goalies, you're not going to win. You're going to see this next year. They're talking that they're going to be able to play a full schedule starting in January. Come on, do you know how many three games and four nights they're going to probably pull? 
And if that's the case and you don't have two strong goalies, forget it. You're going to be in the lottery next year. So let's take a look at the actual picks themselves, Jess. Is there any one program that you thought really had a great showing this draft? Definitely the 67s. I mean, come on, eight and nine, Jack Quinn, Marco Rossi, they did a great job. I wouldn't say teams, but I would say the WHL did a great job. The OHL, I'd say that the OHL probably walked away with it because they had, what, five of the top 10 picks came from the OHL. Now, what do you say about that one except great job, guys? Like I said, Russia, Russia did a great job. USA Hockey says this year was a blip. Well, maybe, maybe not. Still, you don't go from record numbers of picks to almost non-existent. Sanderson, Holloway, uh, Brisson, that was your top players for USA Hockey. And in years past, we've been talking about 14, 15 first-rounders, and this year only three? Oh, sorry, fellas. That's not a blip. That's a sign. That's They're trying to send a message. 100% chess. The USNTDP absolutely took a hit. 13 guys in the draft isn't a bad showing, but look at where they were last year. Eight guys go in the first round, seven of which top 15. This year, Jake Sanderson is your only person from the USNTDP to be taken in the first round. You get a couple guys who got taken pretty early. Luke Tuck, Brock Faber, Drew Comesso was the second goalie off the board behind Askarov. But guys like Tice Milanic fell to the third round, Eamon Powell to the bottom of the fourth. When the Rangers took Brett Burrard, I did a double take because I couldn't believe that he fell that far. A lot of guys had him in the early third round. Quality-wise, the USNTDP took a dip hard. But the reason I ask this question is because if you look at what Harvard did this draft, they had seven guys get taken. They had Ian Moore and Alex Laferriere in the third, Sean Farrell, Mason Langenbrunner, Kyle O'Coin, John Fusco, Ryan Deverberg. Incredible out of Harvard. A lot of NCAA guys got taken. I think it was 65 total of the entire draft. And Harvard led the pack there. As a team that's already dominant in the NCAA and has had a great showing the past few years, to get this showing seven guys in the draft... What a score for them. I got one for you that we didn't talk about. If we're going to talk about the United States program, the Chicago Steel of the USHL. I think they did an outstanding draft. More high schoolers. That's something you normally don't see. They're usually either all national training development program or USHL. Pretty interesting trend to see this happen. There was a lot of interesting stuff team-wise, but let's start talking about specific players, Jess. Give me some great value picks. Who were some guys that fell way further than you expected and turned out to be great picks for the teams that got them that late in the draft? I like Brett Bernard. Our team, Shalane, who Jersey took in the fifth round, I think Jersey got a steal there. This is a kid that should have gone in the third round. Also, Tyler Tulio of Oshawa. I got to see a lot of him. Here's another guy who's only 5'9". People went by not having a combine. Tyler Tulio was hurt by not having a combine. Also in the first round, Lafriere from the Quebec Junior League. He went into the draft with a reputation of being concussion prone. It turned out that it wasn't concussions. He had an issue with his neck and the vertebrae up there. And because they didn't have the combine, they didn't have the doctors examine him, this was a kid that should have gone in the top 10. The Capitals grabbed him at 22. That, to me, right there, that's your steal of the first round. Lafayette, because you didn't have the combine. You weren't able to show, I'm healthy. I, I could do everything. He, last week, had like a six-point weekend 
because the Quebec League is playing right now. He's playing, he's healthy, and he's producing. If you didn't watch last week, what the heck were you doing? The TV guy said there were 60 scouts at his game. I think some great picks were made as well. A lot of picks in the mid-rounds, I thought, really paid off well for teams. A, a name that comes to mind for me is Martin Kromiak, who ended up going to the LA Kings. Fantastic power winger, creative. Couldn't believe my eyes when he went in the fifth round to LA. He's a guy that I thought the Rangers should have taken with that 71st pick, and I would have been happy. And he fell all the way to the fifth round to go to LA. Fantastic power forward. I think he's going to be a great fit there. But the guy I can't believe fell as far as he did, I had Jan Bednar going in the 60s. And he fell to the fourth round, going to Detroit, and I think that's going to be a fantastic fit for him. You know, someone on the NHL Network mentioned that there weren't a lot of guys drafted out of the Czech Republic this year. A lot of Swedes, a lot of Russians, they're playing their games right now. There's a lot to study for those guys who are starting to play their games. But not a lot of great showing out of the Czech Republic either. He's going to be a guy that's going to be fantastic in Detroit. 6'4", great mobility. And a lot of draft reports say he's the kind of goalie that even though he's very flashy, he does his job just fine. So I think that mix of flash and talent is going to pay off fantastic in Detroit, a team that needs a kick in the butt real bad. So he's going to be perfect in hockey town. The problem with the Slovaks and the Czechs is that unlike, you know, Swedes and, and the Finns and even the Russians, where they get money from the governments and the league teams to invest in their junior program, that's not happening in Czech Republic. If you don't invest the money, these kids are not going to develop. They're not going to get drafted. That's why Sweden and Finland are, are up there at the top of the world because they spend the money and they are coaching them year-round. So that's paid off. I mean, wait till after Christmas and the junior tournament takes place up in Edmonton this year. You'll see Sweden and Finland are going to be right there, one-two. Jess, who's a player that you were surprised fell? There were a few of them that kind of got me, but I'm a little biased because I went to that school, but Matt Kessel of UMass Amherst, I was hoping that he would do better. He wound up going 150th to St. Louis. It was really disappointing to see him fall that far. Chad Yetman, who plays for the Erie Otters to the sixth round, that was really sad. Noah Ellis, I think, was to me, the biggest one, also to the sixth round. I had the Rangers taking him in the fourth round. I think there's a couple of guys I could have named here, but one guy I was surprised did not even get taken in either Tuesday or Wednesday's draft. Oliver Suni didn't get drafted by any team, and I can't explain it. He's a 6'2 winner. He had 32 points in 43 games. Good physical game for his size. Oshawa wasn't a bad team last year, so I don't know what made him stay on the board. Only thing I can think of is that we saw that trend of Europeans not getting taken. 93 Europeans taken this draft, 73 Canadians, so North America dominated the draft. But I don't get it. I thought he could have been a third or fourth round pick, no problem. And whatever team signs this kid undrafted is going to come away with a good one. Whispers. Whispers is what did him in. Again, this is somebody who didn't get a chance to attend the combine, didn't get a chance to talk directly to a general manager. I mean, that's what happens at the at the combine. Is you go in, you, you do all those exercises, and then you go in and you talk to the general manager, the director of player personnel, and they get to see who they're getting. In his case, he didn't get that. There are whispers, and I'm not going to repeat them because that's it. I hate rumors. If it's a good team, 
they'll fly a scout in from another area, have them look at it. And if they like that, then they'll bring in director player personnel. Because of the pandemic, you didn't get that last look. Because of the pandemic, you didn't get the combine. And so there were a lot of unanswered questions. He's got nothing to worry about. Come back next year. He still can be drafted. Or if it was for his third or fourth season, he now has 30 teams he could talk to. So we've talked about guys who were taken with good value, guys who fell in the draft. Jess, who do you think the biggest reach was? Oh, my God. I'm going to go back to the Rangers. Goalie Hugo Olas. He's 6'8". He's playing second division junior. That's like fourth division, five division, or if you were looking North American, B or C level. And that's really rare. I think he got picked because everybody likes to say you can't teach size. And here's a six foot eight goalie. I think they just want to keep Benoit Allaire happy. They give him a project to see if they can mold anything. Six foot eight. I mean, he already covers the net. I hear words like robotic. I hear stiff. That's a huge project. And because he's European, they get four years to work with him. I think that's probably the biggest huh pick for me. Now, I think the easy answer here is we talk about Igor Chinnikov, the guy who went 21st to the Jackets. A lot of guys didn't have him on their board. NBC Sports didn't have footage of him to play. But the one that really threw me off is where did Gage Goncalves come from? I mean, he was a guy who a lot of people didn't have on their board. And if he was, he was in the sixth or seventh round. And now he's the first selection taken by the Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, the guy's got some good size. He looks like a good center, but I didn't think he would be the first person that Tampa Bay said, yes, let's have him on our team. I mean, good for the kid. He's got a great break. He's got to have a good team behind him. But man, oh man, I didn't think that was going to happen. Not on my board. Not on your board. Jess, you're smarter than most people then. I have the advantage. Everett is about a two-hour drive for me. I see him. He comes and plays Portland. I like this kid. Here's somebody I wanted the Rangers to draft. A lot of heart. The other thing you got to remember about Everett, his program, is that's the same one that produced Carter Hart of the Flyers, the goalie. They're defensive, but this kid was the leading scorer on the most defensive team in junior hockey, 33 goals. He's hard-nosed. He's rugged. He fits the Tampa system to the T. I think he could just walk right in, and he's going to know how to play. Jess, I know you love a lot of these guys in this draft. Who are some that you think not enough people are talking about? Oh, duh. <laughs> uh, there's so many of them. William Cull, second round for the Rangers. Wyatt Kaiser from Andover, Minnesota High School. Goalie Nico Dawes, who I thought was third best goalie in the draft. I mean, I think the fans got gypped out of this draft because – it was done so robotically. You know, the nonsensical interviews like, hey, tell me about the birth of Anton Skywalker. Come on, go show the players. Talk about these guys. Pull them up. Then you got Jack Thompson, who Tampa took third round. Then you got Jake Sanderson. Why didn't you talk about those guys? I mean, we could go on about some of these names. Luke Prokop of Calgary. Nobody saw him coming. And it's sad. I understand this was the pandemic and we couldn't do this, right? 
And it was sad that the guys that were drafted didn't get to come down out of the audience, walk there, get on the stage, put the jersey on, shake everybody's hands, let the fans, you know, cheer or in some cases, boo. So, Jess, before I get to my selection, you've done the impossible. You've turned Anakin Skywalker Russian, Anton Skywalker. I hope we don't have any Star Wars fans listening. They're going to be very mad at you. I'm a Star Trek. There you go. I'll apologize to all you Star Wars fans out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. The only Star Wars person I really know is Chewbacca because, you know, he speaks a language I understand. There you go. Uh, no, but <laughs> back to hockey. Uh, for my selection for a pick that I don't think enough people are talking about, I'm going to stay in the first round here, and I'm going to talk about one of your favorite guys, Jess. Not enough people are talking about the fact that Justin Barron went to Colorado. We all know his value slipped because of injury, but this kid is going to be one hell of a defender. And not only that, but look at the young defensive core that the Avalanche have put together. Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram are lined up to be the next best defensive pair in this league. But then you have Barron. We've got Sam Girard, who's 22. And then Ryan Graves is going to be 26 next year, but he led the NHL in plus-minus this past regular season. I used to think that Nashville defense from a few years ago before they made their trip to the Stanley Cup was the best defense that made their trip to the Stanley Cup was the best defense I've ever seen in my tenure as a hockey fan. But if you give these kids a few years, Justin Barron is going to be that one extra piece that makes this Colorado defensive core the best we'll ever see. What's been my theme all along? No combine. Justin Barrett doesn't show up at the Combine. He isn't cleared. He isn't given that bill of health. And you're right. I do like this kid. Colorado got a steal because some people didn't have him in the first round. I sure did. You and I have talked about the Barron family. As much as I love Morgan, Justin's, I think, the better player. And I think, like you said, boy, does Colorado have a defense. Man, are they going to be tough to play against in the next few years? I just wish they had done this draft a whole lot nicer, a little bit more information-wise about these kids, because this is one of the best drafts talent-wise in years. But the nonsensical talking that they did took away from it. Everybody here in the first round, this might be one of the best first rounds in years. I think you're going to get just about everybody here is going to have an impact in the NHL. If you could have done it over, which player would you have taken with any of your picks? Can I give a Homer answer? Yeah. Being completely a 100% biased, openly admitting that, if I'm the New York Rangers, I am taking that 60th overall pick I traded Leah Sands for and using it on Ty Smolanik just to make my two worlds collide just like that. I think he's going to be a fantastic player, plagued by injury. I think he's going to do phenomenal at Quinnipiac. And I think from there on out, he's, he might just be the greatest Quinnipiac Bobcat we see playing in the <laughs> NHL. So that's my answer. I got the name of the draft, Cross Hannes. He's second round, 55th to Detroit. Hard-nosed kid. He fits in the old Detroit. I think he's going to be another Todd Bertuzzi. It's a great pick. Cross Hannes projected to go in the late fourth round all the way up in the second to Detroit. I think it's a great pick by them, Jason. You hit it on the head. Tampa Bay got themselves a monster center. 6'6", 240, and Jack Finley. Watch that kid. Think of a more talented Brian Boyle. That's going to do it for us this episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Lagrano for myself. Tweet us, how did we do this episode? Did you like our takes? Did you hate them? If you like this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Lagrano. 
And I'm Jess Rubenstein. Please put the mask on. Stay safe. We want you back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.